The Way Out Podcast, episode 154. If we're willing to take these actions that don't all together make sense at the time and then they make sense in retrospect, we do straighten out our relationship mm-hmm. with our disease. We do straighten out our relationship with the God of our understanding, our higher power. We do straighten out that relationship with ourselves. And then we do straighten out our relationship with others. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we are able to be of maximum service to the God of our understanding and the people around us. And that's really what our purpose, my purpose is. That's my purpose, is Mm -hmm. to be of maximum service to the God of my understanding and the people around me, right? I can't do that if all this other stuff is twisted up. A word of caution, delay can be dangerous. There will be fear and there are going to be people who come to mind who also caused you harm. A lot of people delay in starting to work on step eight because they aren't willing to make amends to these people because they resent them too much. (laughs) If you are so unwilling that you don't even want to pray for willingness because you can't imagine having any compassion for certain people, put their names on the list anyway. The truth is, that forgiving someone who harmed us may mean swallowing some pride without any alcohol to wash it down, mind you. But (laughs) unfortunately, not forgiving that person costs us our freedom. There's a camp that says you should put yourself on that list, and there's a camp that says you should not. Oh, wow, we're trying to get controversial. That's right. (laughs) So which camp do you fall into, my friend? Me? Oh, I'll tell you right now, I, I needed to literally make a living amends to myself like and i mean i i put myself on my list but it wasn't happening bro i wasn't forgiving myself for shit you know and it took a long time welcome way out faithful and first timers to this week's installment of the way out podcast we appreciate your ears our mission is simple to bring you powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics so you can jumpstart or re-energize your recovery from alcoholism and addiction. The Way Out Podcast does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. The Way Out Podcast partners with All Recovery Rings and AllRecoveryRings.com, where you'll find stunning recovery rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's AllRecoveryRings.com. The Way Out Podcast is a proud supporter of Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check us out on the web at www.wayoutcast.com. There you can subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes first on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Help us recover out loud by giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your voice matters, so share your thoughts on recovery with us by calling us at 218-382-1960 or leaving a message with us on the Anchor app, available for Android and Apple. Every week, we'll be asking for your thoughts on next week's 
topic. Someone, somewhere, needs to hear your share. Finally, a word of caution. This podcast may contain strong language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. Along with Jason, I'm Charlie, and this week we're continuing our series on the 12 steps and turning our focus squarely on step eight. Step eight is simple. Make a list of folks we wronged and become willing to make it right. But for many of us, spiritual work, even if it's simple, just ain't easy. The reality is when emotions like fear, anger, resentment, and righteous indignation get stirred up when we think of some of these individuals that have made our list, things get real complicated right quick. We'll walk through what step eight consists of, our purpose in working it, how we work this step, and what we can expect when we've completed our step eight work. We even tackle the hotly and often debated issue of whether we should or shouldn't put our own names on that step eight list. Plus, we'll share feedback from the sober and serious community and take your calls. So listen up. Jason, episode 154 of the Way Out podcast is about to begin. Yes. We're talking step eight. And step eight is... Uh, a pretty critical step, and there's two components to that step. We're going to talk a little bit more about that as we roll along here. Uh, what we want to do is uh, uh, tell you what step eight does, what it is, um, uh, what its purpose is, what we can expect after working this step, right? Uh, so we want to hit uh, those 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 key areas. We want to define it. We want to talk about how we work it, why we work it, and what we can expect afterward. And uh, I've got a story that I've uh, told a time or two about step eight that I think is pretty instructive. Um, and uh, we've got uh, um, calls to share, and we've got f- uh, sober and serious feedback to share. So we got a lot going on, man. We got a lot cooking. It's been a couple of weeks since you and I have uh, 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 gotten in front of a microphone and uh, and done an episode. So I'm uh, I'm excited. like together. Yeah, together. right. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. We had a couple interviews. You know, we're trying to catch up. There's been a kind of a insurgence of uh, requests to share, and that's awesome. We love having people on here, and and I love that I get to like take part in that that aspect of the show now too. Oh, it's great, man. And, uh, I really enjoy listening to your interviews, and uh, I think it gives a different little, little perspective on things. And yeah, man, uh, uh, people are coming at us all the time wanting to share their experience, strength, and hope on the show. And uh, uh, it gives a, a broad variety of uh, perspectives of recovery, which that's what we're about, man. We want to get as many voices and as many perspectives on recovery as possible, allow you to be able to connect and, you know, uh, potentially. Uh, see recovery or add some things to your recovery, whether you're new in recovery or whether you've got a couple of 24 hours behind you. Uh, hopefully, right. there's some value in what we're bringing you here. So, uh, step eight reads as follows 
made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So let's break down a couple of key terms. I think harm, willing and amends is what we want to break down here. The definition of harm is, of course, to physically injure, right? Or damage the health of. But I think in this case, we're really talking about having an adverse effect on, right? Synonyms right. would be injure, hurt, wound, maltreat, mistreat, misuse, ill-treat, abuse, inflict. So I think those synonyms are pretty instructive in terms of what the step is actually intending to describe. Did we hurt somebody? Did we mistreat somebody? Did we injure somebody? And not necessarily physically, but it could include that. Right. Did we mistreat? Did we abuse? Mm -hmm. And I think as we reflect on steps four and five, I think many of us come out of that saying, yes, we did. We absolutely did. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, so uh, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Willingness has been a key all throughout the steps to this point. It's paramount here. Because we're really doing two things. We're making a list and then we're becoming willing, right? Right. So uh, the willing piece is important. Of course, that means to be ready, eager, or pre be prepared to do something. So we have to be prepared. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's instructive. Um, and I'll, I'll explain why later, but yeah, prepared. Prepared. Yes, we have to prepare ourselves, right? And that's part of that willing part. So we have to prepare ourselves to make amends. And there's a lot of discussion in... 12-step rooms about the difference between an amend and apology. An amend is not an apology. It is something wholly different and requires something different from us. It, the definition of amends means to compensate or make up for a wrongdoing. And I think the synonyms are pretty instructive here as well. Compensation, right. recompense, reparation, restitution, restoration. Oh, shit. Right? Atonement. I love that. So I think the synonyms tell us a lot about what we mean by amend. An apology is not an amend. An apology uh, is uh, uh, the difference between an amend and apology is often described as this. An apology is for me, and an amend is for you. Right. Right? Apologies. I was told, I was told working my eighth step that, you know, you don't, you don't say sorry. You, you simply say what you did, and then you ask if there's anything you can do to make it right. right? That's exactly it. And so the difference there is an apology lets me off the hook, makes me feel better. Right. <laughs> right. An amend is intended to make you feel better, right? It's about this. It's about the other person. Okay. Right. So when we talk about step eight, we're making this list, right? 
and they were becoming willing to make amends to these people, institutions, whatever is on our list, right? Um, you know, uh, mine were people, right, of all the persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all, right? So uh, uh, it was a, a step that I delayed on, and I delayed uh, for quite some time. And a sort of pseudo sponsor in my home group, as I was uh, uh, sort of admitting out loud that I was delaying and procrastinating on step eight, looks at me and says in front of God and everybody, what are you waiting for? You already made your list in your fourth step. Just copy the names down and you're done, man. <laughs> well, if it were only that easy, but right. yeah, right? I think I think there's a little bit of truth to that, though, is in the way of, you know, if we're not even willing to begin to work the eighth step, that's us basically saying we're not willing to become willing, right? Bingo. And, Bingo. and so, I mean, yeah, you're just making a list, but in my opinion, anyway, there's there's just so much more to there. Totally stuff. is. But he, he sort of tricked me because he's like, dude, it'll yeah. take five minutes, right? Yeah. And so I didn't want to go back to the ne to the meeting next week without having it done because he called my ass out, right? And it sound, he made it sound hella easy. He totally <laughs> did. He totally did. And they switched my focus. I, I, I totally – I was stuck on the willingness part, right? Yeah. I was stuck on the amends part. I didn't want to do that. It sounded like scary, man. I didn't want to do any of that, right? Right. So why, then you're like, why even start, right? Like, exactly. Why make a list if I'm not even gonna if I'm not willing, even willing to be willing? Right. What's the point? But yeah. he calls me out and he says, "Dude, you're just putting, you're just copying names out. It's not, it's not complicated. Take you five minutes." And he switched my focus, and I said, "Fine, I'm gonna copy the names down. Fine, fuck him." You know, <laughs> yeah, I'll show him. That's right. Um, and uh, uh, so I, I, I copied the names down, <laughs> and by virtue of that writing process, willingness started to come. Yep. As with so many other things, as I, as I, uh, as I applied action, right, my mind and body and heart followed. Amen the yeah. action and that was my experience i don't know that i would have ever made the list if that isn't the way it unfolded right because i would have i could have who knows how long i would have been stuck on the willing to be willing who knows who knows right right, right. Uh, so, so then after you after you did the list part then then what did you do like what what else was part of you working it i had to pray I had to pray on it a lot, and I had to talk to my sponsor because there was people on that list. Well, so I coded it. So, so what I did was I coded it, um, and so I had a people that I was willing to make amends to now, and they they got a little N after their name, and people that I wanted to do later had got an L, right? Yeah. Um, I was told that there should be no nevers. My sponsor said no nevers on my list. He says, as you're making this list, you don't get to do never. Okay. Right. You just don't get to do never. It's not an option. You can't so, pretend to know 
where what your heart's going to feel down the road. That's right. He's like, there's no absolutes here. You can't predict. He says, so I did a, I did a WL way later. <laughs> oh, so there was a bunch that had WL behind their name, and it was way later. I thought it was going to be WTFE when, <laughs> right. the fuck ever, when the fuck ever. And so that's how I coded it out. <laughs> and then I met with my sponsor, right? And we talked about, you know, these ones, you know, and he's like, you know, and my, and my younger brother was a way later. It really in my head was a never, but I wrote way later. Right. But that was the one that was taken the most. So, so that's how that went. And um, that's he said, you have to just be willing to be willing, you know. And um, you have to take the action. This is, this is a higher power thing. So we talked this, a lot about this being a higher power thing. And as long as, you know, I was taking my higher power with me on these things and following the directions in the book book, things were going to work out the way they were supposed to work out. So... I became willing because uh, I had trust in that process had worked for my sponsor. He talked about ones that were really, really difficult, right? That he didn't want to do that ended up being pretty transformative for him. And Mm -hmm. so I began to have faith that, you know, I could do this too, even on the ones that I didn't want to do. So um, I, it was a journey of willingness really, um, uh, as I, once I had made that list, my sponsor and I had the material in which we needed to work on the willingness part. I had to pray. I had to pray a lot for some of them before I was willing. And I had to, the resentment prayer, right? right. For, for a, kind of a long time on some of them, right? Because um, I was still pretty fucking pissed at some people and had some pretty, pretty severe resentments against some people that I steadfastly believed wronged me in some pretty serious ways. Oh yeah. So I had to pray a lot, right. In order to become first willing to be willing and then willing. So (laughs) how, how was the step? How, how did step eight unfold for you? Me, uh, basically it went like this, like, Cause I, I didn't really understand it. Right. Just kind of like when I did had to do my fourth step, even though it's laid out like lane as hell right there in the big book, I was still like making it complicated. So I had a hundred questions, you know, and I was that way with the eighth step too. So <clears throat> essentially what we decided to do was, uh, you know, he told me to make the lists, but he said to make one that was people and one that was um, places, if if it was applicable, and then one that was institutions. So I was like, okay. And then we were started to meet. We met, I think, like five or six times, and each meeting was at least two hours, if not longer. Um, but what I, the way I kind of describe it is that it was a deeper look. It was, it was us, not only you know, identifying that an amend needed to be made. But really, a lot of times we had to really talk about the situation, explore all of it. And it was a much deeper dive, I think, into the whole, um, all of the things from my past. And then the, the most important, or at least the most productive 
part for me was moving forward um, and formulating plans on how to carry out or if at all to carry out the amends that I needed to make. Like, like, and that was even a deeper dive because then now we're starting to get into feelings and um, man, I'll tell you what, dude, I shed a lot of tears working my eighth step. I always tell people that it, to me, it was probably the toughest step for me um, in way of just emotional uh, difficulty and things, but man, also the most productive. And I, I looked at, <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that, but that was precious jumping off of her. Feet. <laughs> um, I was like, dude, we're talking about these things and I'm trying to think about like what, what, uh, he's saying to me, you know, and, and having to really sometimes take, take almost a week to digest what he told me and, and it, come to an understanding of that and, and accepting it as truth because you know what this step did was it just really and I mentioned it when we talked about the fifth step too same thing it, it like really brought to the surface some deeply buried defense mechanisms that I've had in place for so many years dude that um, it was really hard to accept what he was telling me you know and that, that to me, the, the planning, the planning, the amends, right. And like coming up like with a plan, uh, on how you would, if you could, and, and, or, you know, some that I could anytime, I just have to be willing to initiate it. Um, one example is my kids, my, my two oldest kids. And I, I've talked about it before we decided that a letter would be the way to go for them. I started off that process writing a letter for each kid and he shot it down. And I think I made it through three different drafts of letters that he shot down because I couldn't stop explaining, trying to explain myself like in too much detail, you know, and justifying whatever the hell I was doing in there that he, he was like, all you got to do is focus on the harm done, express your intention and, and ask, if there's anything you can do to make things right, you know, and, and yeah, I couldn't. It's interesting. One of the things that I think is really instructive between your experience and my experience that I want to call out is how important a sponsor is in this step across the steps, but this step specifically too, it's right. really important to work with a sponsor that can work with you on each amend and take you through uh, the best approach potentially uh, for that amend, whether that yeah. be in-person amend or whether that be, you know, uh, through a letter or whatever that is, a right. really critical in working through this preparation process. And right. this willingness is, it, it, we have to be willing to be prepared and we have to be willing to do what you did and what I did is engage our sponsors and, you know, really look at ourselves and understand how we're going to be the most effective in this process. And again, uh, the, so uh, step eight is to make a list of all persons we had harmed and, and become willing. willing to make amends to them all, right? So that's what we're doing. We're making a list. We're becoming willing. Two components, the list right. 
and the willingness, right? Right. And, yeah. and then what we're doing and why we're doing it is important, right? And the why it is illuminated in a couple of key passages in the 12 by 12 in the big book that we're going to share right now. And it illuminates why we do step eight now that we know what step eight consists of. The 12 by 12 says this, steps eight and nine, that's the only time we're ever going to mention that number in this podcast. Are concerned concerned with personal relations. First, we take a look backward and try to discover where we have been at fault. Next, we make a vigorous attempt to repair the damage we have done. And third, having thus cleaned away the debris of the past, we consider how, with our newfound knowledge of ourselves, we may develop the best possible relations with every human being we know. Right. right. You know, there's two, again, with that, with that whole process, like writing those letters was hard and in a meeting with him and talking about some other stuff too was hard and the hard feelings and the, the, the yucky feelings that I had to sit in and, and deal with and process through, honestly, man, it just made me want to see this through. Cause at this point, you know, I'm going through it hardcore. Like, and I'm, I'm dredging it all back up. Right. And it's like, I need to see this to the, to the end, man. So, uh, yeah, I think it's really important that you trust your sponsor, um, to be opening up and being a hundred percent honest and frank about these things as you go along and, and take what they say into consideration, because honestly, dude, we're still at this point, we're operating under some twisted thoughts, beliefs, and attitudes. And we need to, you know, give that, that a possibility that you know people might be telling you something that's true even though it don't seem true to you and and acting as though it is i'm i'm grateful that that i did you know continue and and see it through and didn't let that uncomfortableness uh stop me you know what i mean like really glad (laughs) absolutely it looks as this now we need more action without which we find that faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our effort to live a self-will and run the show ourselves. Mm-hmm. Having the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. Probably there are still some misgivings. As we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we have hurt, we may feel different about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. Let's be reassured. To some people, we need not and probably should not emphasize the spiritual feature on our first approach. We might prejudice them. At the moment, we are trying to put our lives in order, but this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose 
is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God mm. and the people about us. I love that, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, something magical happens. Something really magical happens when you begin to formulate plans. That's around. right. There's a transformation that occurs if we're really embodying this willingness. Yeah. And for me, it was a process of getting out of the way. I needed to check my ego. I needed to check my pride. I needed to, to, I needed to have God, the God of my understanding, help remove those from me so that I could come at this from a genuine, humble, willing, honest perspective. Right. I think it's just, you know, like you said, that humility piece. Like I knew when I started this recovery thing, I only started it because I knew that I didn't know shit and I couldn't do this no more. I was, I just kept screwing everything up. Right. And that's got to carry through, man. Not even just to this point, but forever. Like I, right. the longer I am sober, it's only because I continue to try to maintain that type of mindset that I need guidance and I need advice from trusted advisors, mentors, sponsor, you know, whatever I need that in my life, you know, like you're doing this step and you're, you're sitting down and you're talking in a deeper way about this stuff. The next thing, you know, they're like, so what do you think is the best route to take care of this one? And this one, and and then you're given your opinion. They might chime in and give you a different opinion. You're working together, and now you're for the first time ever in your life, you're formulating a plan of action on how you're gonna make things right with this person. You know, it's interesting too because as I look at the twelve steps and thus far, right? Step one is about my relationship with my disease. Steps two and three are about my relationship with. Uh, the God of my understanding, the four, five, six, and seven are about my relationship with myself, right? Yeah. And then, you know, steps eight and the following steps are, uh, the following step is about my relationship with other people. And it's a, it's a, it's a rigorous process that allows me to straighten out all of those things that were twisted up that were causing my, uh, my disease, right? Um, It's so amazing, dude, that, the yeah. way that you describe that, I've never heard that described before in that way. And that's so beautiful because it's like so true. I need help so that I can learn to love me. That's right. And then once I learn to, you know, see myself for who I truly am, only then can I really make anything right with anybody else. That's and right. then, and you can, and you will. And it's, it's been proven over and over and over, dude. We are just surrounded, no matter where we are, by this community of people that have recovered. That's right. And that we just need to let them like embrace us, man. And That's right. they'll see us through until we get there. And then we can do that for other people. And it's just awesome, man. I'm so freaking grateful for this program and what it's done for my life, dude. Oh. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is a beautiful process to allow uh, that if if we're willing to take these actions that don't all together make sense at the time and then they make sense in retrospect, we do straighten out our relationship mm-hmm. with our disease. We do straighten out our relationship with the God of our understanding, our higher power. We do straighten out that relationship with ourselves. And then we do straighten out our relationship with others. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we are able 
to be of maximum service to the God of our understanding and the people around us. And that's really what our purpose, my purpose is. That's my purpose is Mm -hmm. to be of maximum service to the God of my understanding and the people around me. Right. And I can't do that if all this other stuff is twisted up. So no. And the funny thing is, is when you start these things, you know, and, and it starts in the fellowship, right? Like just dealing with other people and taking a chance, right? And being right. vulnerable and asking for advice. And yeah, it's interesting. Like the relationships with other people, you know, I, I, that was a key part of my alcoholism. That was a key part of my addiction. And it was a key part because I would find myself chewing on, reliving. Right inflating, reviving resentments on a regular basis. And and it was in the quiet moments. It was in the moments that I was by myself. It was in the moments where the radio wasn't on. It was in the moments that I wasn't inundating myself with noise. Those were the moments where the resentment machine would fire back up, right? Yeah, that's right, man. The resentment machine. And then and, and what would happen is my brain would be like, remember when so-and-so did such and such? Right. How fucking dare they? <laughs> Who do they think they are? Who do they think they are? Right? And then I would, con- and then, and then this, this hate would come back up, right? And this, anger and this rage would come back up and I would be that 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 fueled my restlessness and my irritability and my discontentedness and then when somebody else wronged me even if it was really 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 small that day it would flip me right yeah because I was already chewing on a bunch of resentments and now and now somebody cuts me off on the freeway or you know my boss says something I don't like and um, I'm, uh, I'm adding that into the fire. And uh, uh, it really did fuel my sickness. Right. Well, I got, I guess the point I was trying to make is just how much uh, the, the relationships, you know, that you'll acquire and, and have to navigate through even just in the fellowship are a great, um, it's a great barometer and, and it's a great mirror for you because like things are going to happen that are going to bring shit up out of you feelings that you don't understand. And so, you know, this is how we become aware of exactly just how sick we are, just all the things we need to work through. And then, I mean, it even carries on on a deeper level moving forward to the next step that we shall not mention. Uh, where we're going to be, you know, really like it's peeling back those layers of that onion, man, and getting to this core shit that we literally don't even get what it is. We're like, what? where did that come from? You know? Mm-hmm. Oh man. And I mean, it happens sometimes over small shit. It can happen sometimes over bigger stuff. And, but you know, it's all perspective and you know, a lot of us have traumas, traumas and traumas and they're not healed. And, and so that just, unleashes like these responses and but only that's what it takes though unless we have those responses become triggered we can't identify it and know where we need to focus our attention next 
And that's why this is a process, my friends. There's a couple of things that I think we should talk about when, it, when we talk about step eight. Number one, there's, there's, a, there's a camp that says you should put yourself on that list, and there's a camp that says you should not. Oh, wow. We're trying to get controversial. That's right. So <laughs> which camp do you fall into, my friend? Me? Oh, I'll tell you right now. I, I needed to literally make a living amends to myself. Like, yeah. And, I mean, I, I put myself on my list – but it wasn't happening, bro. I wasn't forgiving myself for shit, you know, and it took a long time. You know, the only reason I've actually healed some of that and I've actually been able to forgive myself is through doing esteemable acts, is through continuing to participate in these kind of things, these recovery things, and, um, and working on my relationships with others and working on not isolating when I, ha I get triggered emotionally and working on... Um, you know, my deep core issues doing that deep inner work, but also working on being transparent and accountable to others and not isolating because every fucking time I have an uncomfortable emotion, I just want to go home and just be there. I don't even want to fucking be around people, but I can't do that if I'm working on a good recovery program because that's not what recovery is. We need connection. We can't be isolated and get better. It just don't work that way. I'll make shit crazy in my head. So it's, it's, I think personally, there's a whole lot of facets, bro, to just the self, the, the self thing. And hell yeah, I hated myself for a hundred reasons, man. I mean, that's me, but I don't think anybody gets self-destructive with any kind of chemical use or whatever else they're into. Cause there's lots of other addictions, you know, um, without, it being a direct reflection of how they feel about themselves in some way. So I think that it's ridiculous to say that uh, it doesn't belong on the list personally, but, but yeah, so I fall into the, yeah, hell yeah. I put myself on that list. Can't. I fall in the camp of whether you do or whether you don't, if you do work this step to the best of your ability with honesty, open-mindedness and willingness in the rest of the steps that follow through 12, you will end up making that amend to yourself, whether you were on the list or not. Amen. Because of more will be revealed, right? That's Maybe right. we're not aware. That's right. You know? Yep. But you should be aware though, man, by the time you're to this point, because the first five steps are the foundation for the rest of your recovery. And if you ain't fucking aware of it, by the time you're done working step five, that you need to forgive yourself for a bunch of shit then you need to back up and rework some steps. That's, that's my opinion on that. Yeah. And I was aware of it. I didn't, I, I didn't officially put myself on the list because I felt weird about it, but no. I knew, but I knew because for some for me, it felt like, um, no way I'm doing that. No, it felt like an ego thing for me. So oh. I, yeah, it felt like, I guess I, I took it the other way, but yeah, dude, I don't know. I, I kind of was, relating to what you were saying there. Cause I felt weird about it too, because I was like, that's not going to happen. Right. You know, I really didn't think even at this point in, in working the steps and I had come a long way and I was feeling a lot better, but I still had these things inside of me that I couldn't let go of. And I really didn't see that shit going away. You know what I mean? I didn't either. I, I So I sort of put it in the back of my head that, yes, I do want that amend to be made to myself. I'm going to do that by, as you so uh, uh, eloquently stated, performing esteemable 
acts, right? right. In making, in, in getting right with, uh, uh, with people <clears throat> again, because the fact was I had so much resentment and judgment and all these things built up against other people that it really was a big contributor to the disconnection and else isolation I suffered from. Right. And so step eight was the beginning of reconnecting with other people outside of the program in a meaningful way Right. And uh, making a beginning to being able to look the world in the eye and not have to look over my shoulder anymore. Yeah. Right. That's the goal. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, some other ways that I did it <clears throat> with the, the self forgiveness piece, um, showing up for work on time. Yeah, right. Um, Seriously, this shit's huge, actually. Um, showing up for work on time. Uh, being able to, you know, know that I'm, I care about what I'm doing on a consistent basis. You know, trying to check my attitude in that way. Um, dude, being willing to reach out to my kid's mom, whether I have a question or or I just want to fill her in on something that happened with my son um, or ask about, you know, parenting time, you know, maybe some, some little change or something special I want to do and, and, and wishing them happy holidays and like stuff like that. Like in the beginning it was hard, you know, cause she was pissed at me and she didn't trust me. And, but I consistently kept showing up, right. Even though it was hard. And then eventually now the, those relationships have really improved, but that takes time. Yeah. And we can't be expecting that we can just show up and be nice today. And like, then now everything's going to be good. You know, they might lash out at you after the fucking first 10 times that you come around being cool because they're like, why are you trying to act so cool? Like, don't act like, you know, this didn't happen. And it's like, I'm not, I'm just trying to move forward, you know? And um, it takes a while just because you're get you're healing doesn't mean that they are and it's going to take time and consistency really is what's going to equal results in the, in those cases you know and oh. that was the same with myself you know that was the same with myself i had my job for a year and a half before i finally one day all of a sudden i was overwhelmed with gratitude and like pride dude like real pride that i fucking am like a good employee and shit a word of caution Delay can be dangerous. There will be fear and there are going to be people who come to mind who also caused you harm. A lot of people delay in starting to work on step eight because they aren't willing to make amends to these people because they resent them too much. <laughs> if you are so unwilling that you don't even want to pray for willingness because you can't imagine having any compassion for certain people, put their names on the list anyway. The truth is that forgiving someone who harmed us may mean swallowing some pride without any alcohol to wash it down, mind you. But <laughs> unfortunately, it. not forgiving that person costs us our freedom. The so greatest thing about recovery is that much to our own surprise, we become willing to let go of resentment, blame, and self-pity and recognize that we are all just ordinary 
garden variety human beings. So instead of getting caught up in those tricky old feelings, get out your pen and paper and put those names on a fucking list. That's right, man. And the rest will stuff. come. That's good stuff. So, so good. That's what, what I was about. saying, like, remind you of that part? It did. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. Like, when you do that sometimes <laughs> and you'll be telling me something, and you'll see me all of a sudden rambling on my phone because I'm like, I fucking Google that shit because I know exactly <laughs> what you just made me think of, and it was something that moved in my heart, man. I just hope that we're doing that for some people out there, man, is like saying something that moves in their heart, dude. There's a real piece. The list is not something that you keep in your head. This is not a mental list. This is a physical list. So I want to be abundantly clear about this. This is not a figurative list. This is not a mental list. This is a physical list that you write down. I prefer pen and paper. Okay. Um, that is physically written out because just like in the fourth step, that physical process is material in the preparation and the willingness. There's something else that happens when we write it down. Okay. So this is a physical list, right? Not right. one that just takes place in your head, right? And the other piece is uh, uh, what can we expect? So we've talked about what step eight is. It's a list and that it's being willing, right? We right. talked about the purpose. It's to reconnect to people and to straighten out and to begin straightening out our relationships with other people. And it allows us to shed a whole bunch of things in the process, um, uh, resentment and fear and self-pity and ego. There's a bunch of stuff that goes that, that we shed as we prepare to make these amends. Right. Um, Which, which really is just, you know, letting being guided through, you know, the process of, of planning that stuff out and, and magic. That's magic right. Happens. We talked about how we work it, which is physically writing that list out uh, based on our fourth step and then meeting with our sponsors to navigate the willingness piece and the preparation piece. Right. Really the piece that we really need to talk about is what can we expect after we've done this step thoroughly? That's easy if you ask me, man. For real. It's like you take these things, this, you know, whatever, whatever was blocking you from any of it could have been fear, resentment, blah, 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 fill in the blank. But imagine when that turns into it, just suddenly it transforms into a compulsion to take care of. It does, doesn't it? A feeling, yes, a feeling that you know that if I do this, if I if I talk to this person, I'm going to feel so much better. Freedom, and they and hopefully they do too. And that's the difference here too. Is before maybe you wanted to fucking get revenge on them or something, but now you just want peace, and you want peace for them too. And, and that's that the piece you was that freedom piece. And 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 if you if 
that was my experience was a sincere desire to um, uh, do the best I could to make right. that end. And I guess a good word for this would be you get willing. You, yeah, you, that's right. All of a sudden you have willingness, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you do. That and, is what it says in the step. <laughs> because, because you start to see the promise that the next step can bring, which is freedom. Yeah, man. And it's, that's so cool. It's the greatest feeling to know once you experience how it feels to forgive someone and to really be rid of this thing that fucking nod at you forever. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's, there's nothing better. We have got we've got some feedback coming. I don't know where the feedback's coming from, but it's some uh, some wicked feedback. But nonetheless, just wicked feedback or not, what we do have is some really great feedback from the sober and serious community. Awesome. Time now to hear what the sober and serious community says about this week's topic. Every week, we share select responses to the weekly show topic, which is posted every Wednesday as the topic of the day on Sober and Serious on Facebook. Your experience, strength, and hope continue to amaze and inspire. So keep up the great work, you guys. There we go. So we had a few topics of the day because we had a couple of weeks where we had some amazing guests on the show so we had an opportunity to ask a few different <laughs> questions dude and, I, was, I could barely hear you over that typing over here <laughs> i could barely hear myself over that typing i bet <laughs> the first question i asked was topic of the day what actions did you take in order to be ready to make your amends after making your list for step eight. So this really speaks to what actions did people take to become willing, right? We've got our list. You make your list. How do you become willing, right? Yeah. Uh, we, are, we always use initials to protect the, the innocent. That's right. DJ says steps five through eight because that list was written in step four if I followed the instructions. JN says continued practicing my third sixth and seventh step and let it go for me nothing else was necessary mm. and then casey says prayed for strength to face my fear and just did it even though i was scared yeah and that's you know uh, there's a lot of that and there was a lot of that for me uh recognizing my fear and doing it anyway Oh, I'm sure that's you know for everyone, man. Yep. You know, I don't think that's a unique thing. I mean, we all have to, even if we don't think that it's going to be that uncomfortable to work through these steps, but we decide we'll do it for, you know, whatever reason. I think that if you're really working them, you're going to fucking like I was talking about earlier. You know, you're you're going to wake up this shit in yourself that you weren't even aware was in place. You know, you're going to be like, what was that? You know, and you're going to need help to process through that shit and and make it right so. 100% brother the next topic was how did you compile your list of those whom you harmed for step eight how did you know when you were done with your list mm. right 
And uh, we had a few really, really good responses here that I want to uh, highlight here. CSB says, quote, he's quoting the big book here. We have a list of all persons we harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We talked about that and actually read this earlier. And that's AA big book, page 76. He continues, if you did a four-step, then, then you already have your A-step list. This is why you don't burn it or bury it after the fifth step as some symbol of freedom. There are some people or situations with whom we are not angry, such as some creditors. So if we follow the procedures outlined in the book, step eight is already about 90% done when we do our fourth step, and there there are only a few people that would need to be added. As for knowing how we are done, if I feel I am done, then I'm done. It's that simple. As they say, more will constantly be revealed. So if more comes up, we deal with it when it does. And it will. <laughs> and it will. I, yeah. That's been my experience. That's absolutely, right. that, that is to be sure. That is absolutely. TR says, my original A-step list came from my written four-step inventories, all three of them. So did my list of character defects and core mistaken beliefs. Mm. It's been my experience over decades that I'm never done with any of the 12 steps. While I have not had a drink in many years, I wake up every morning with alcoholism that manifests in ego and broken thinking. Oh, yeah. No doubt about <laughs> it. PR is like a ninja. She's, she's, she's amazing. So is CSB. Yeah, dude, for real. They're, they're like Yodas, man. For yeah, real. dude. Yeah. Uh, last topic was, was there anything that blocked you from completing the eighth step? How did you get through it? Right? And uh, we've got um, a few here. Uh, MJM. Nothing stopped me for, for I knew that I had to apologize at some time, whether they forgave me or not. But remember... When you go to your next, the next step um, may not be there. I'm not sure that made a whole lot of sense. We're going to move on. Uh, What I mean by that is they may not be so forgiving and you have to let that be and go on with your recovery. Let your recovery shine through and those that you have made amends to that haven't been so forgiving will come around. I did two. Okay. Let's just talk a lot about step nine. Okay. Um, uh, which is fine. Um, and then uh, uh, Jr. says, and I think that was you. <laughs> By this point, I was getting pretty used to pushing through uncomfortable feelings, so I'd say no. And I would, uh, I would have nothing blocked it. Yep, yep. Uh, very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, uh, that is our sober and serious feedback. We do have one call that we are going to share uh but we're not going to share that we listen to this (laughs) is there an echo in here (laughs) it's time to take some calls from the way out podcast listening audience if you want to call the show you can call 218 
1-800-382-1960 and leave us a message on the current week's topic. Your calls make a real difference. So we here at The Way Out Podcast extend a heartfelt thank you for your contribution. So let's bring on the calls. Hi there. Hello? Hello. Hola. Um, Hola. That was a fantastic. Hola. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah, this is a good gig, and I will leave a small amount of input on step eight as I worked it. All I did is have a notebook with me everywhere. In my home office, I had a notebook. In my front pocket, I had a small notebook. On my car seat, I had a notebook. At work, everywhere that I frequented, I always had a notebook or paper near me. Sometimes I had to write on a napkin. Jeez, I am so sorry for sneezing on my message. Couldn't stop. So, all good. But all I did is writing down things that I had done wrong to other people as I thought of them, and it probably took a month before the idea slowed down and when I started to repeat myself mentally and realized I already wrote it down, then I just pulled the plug on it. I said, okay, that's it. And I accumulated all my scraps of paper, all my notebook sheets, tore them off, put them in one pile, and then rewrote everything and uh, had it all in one collection. So that was my eighth step. I didn't um, focus on who I was going to do the ninth step with or anything like that. I just simply wrote down everything I could think of. And that, for me, is step eight. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate your doing the show. Peace out. Bye-bye. Thanks, brother. You know, that's really instructive because... I did the same thing because I did that with the fourth step, right? I just had, I had my stuff with me all the time. And as stuff came up, I put it down and Mm. I I was done when I couldn't think of anything for like a week, you know, that nothing came to mind because, you know, it was kind of, uh, it was, it was on top of mind and then back of my mind, but it was always on my mind. And same with step eight. It was always on my mind. It was on my mind. It was on my mind. It was on my mind. And so this process of, you know, writing these names down to make sure it was complete. You know, I, I did the copy from the four step and that took like, you know, 11 minutes, you know, but after that, I I didn't consider myself done really until I didn't start that. I couldn't think of any other names to add to it um, for a good law for a good stretch, like a week. Uh, So I think that's a good process. Yeah, dude. it's funny, I I heard that and I, I actually followed that advice too for my fourth, but I didn't really do that with my eight. <clears throat> I just I just was like obsessing though about it, like with my eight. So like sometimes I would know that like something new came up, you know, and I'd, I'd like ask for a piece of scrap paper or something. I was in treatment at the time. So I'd just be like, I need scrap paper. 
you know, and I'd put it in my pocket. Right. And then when I went back to the room, I had all my shit in the backpack in the room or whatever. So, I mean, I usually had it with me anyway, but yeah, that's, that's good. Um, advice as far as like when you, cause a lot of people, you hear that excuse all the time. They're like, I tried to, you know, every time I try to make, put stuff on the list, I can't think of nothing, but I think of shit all day when I'm not around it. Well, Always, yes, sir, man. Always have paper on you. If you don't have paper, put it down in your phone or whatever it takes for you, but find a place to put it down. Yeah. One of the things that was, that's, was always really therapeutic for me throughout the 12 steps is having an action to do that I knew would yield a dividend, yield a reward, make a difference, or at least had the promise to make a difference because yeah, I had all this and still do have all this sort of energy, right? And being able to funnel that energy into a productive activity is always a good thing for me. So, um, right. you know, I, I sat on step eight. As soon as I made the decision to do it, it was really therapeutic to do it because action is always therapeutic uh, for me right. and always yields dividends and rewards. So if you're having trouble with step eight or if you haven't started step eight, my advice to you, my experience has been just make the list based off your fourth step. Don't think about it. Make the list and the rest generally will come. Because you started it. You started right. action. Yep. Yeah, you started man. action I mean, and it's sort of like it just, it, it, what it does is it um, takes the, 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 the flow starts, right? And then you really can't stop it, right? Right. Yeah. And then if you're, you'd start with the conversations with your sponsor, let's say, or that you're getting out of yourself, even though it might not feel like it, it sounds counterintuitive because it's like, you're, you're talking about yourself. You're talking about your life and your history, but yeah, you're also talking about it with somebody who can, so you're introducing an outside element, which is some other perspective into that. So it's not just a self dialogue where you're convincing yourself or you're whipping yourself in a frenzy or you're beating yourself down into almost suicidal state of mind. You know, you're literally letting somebody else just walk through it with you. That's right. You're not alone anymore. And it's so much fucking easier when we don't, you know, what do you say? Treat your head like a bad neighborhood. Don't go there alone. (laughs) Totally, dude. Totally. 100%. Brother, thank you so much. It was good to be back on the microphone with you. And I missed your face. I missed your face too, brother. We're going to do it in studio next time for show. All right. All right, brother. Be good. And everybody out sure. in Way Out Podcast land, be good. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to the Way Out podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. 
See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.